In the name of Jesus, amen. May we be seated. Dear saints, doctrine divides, love unites. So we need to stop focusing so much on what we believe and focus more on what we do. We've been too caught up in doctrine. We focus too much on the details of theology. We've been too strict on communion. We're unloving and welcoming. It doesn't matter what minor differences we have or what denominations we come from. What matters is that we treat each other well. We need to focus more on who we are and what we do and not get bogged down over who believes what and who teaches that. Dear saints, that which you just heard is none other than the voice of the devil. And anyone who says that these words, these words and tries to convince you of them is under the spell of the evil one. The truth is, is that the devil never sounds like we expect him to. We expect the devil to sound harsh and mean and unloving. We expect him to say things that contradict our reason and our senses. We expect him to say things so absurdly and obviously and painstakingly false that we can spot him a mile away. But remember what the Bible says. For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. St. Paul continues. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. You see, the devil disguises himself and his lies as truth. When we first hear his voice, it sounds true. He sounds wise. He sounds knowledgeable and loving. It's a voice that makes sense in our minds. It's a voice that encourages us to believe what we want, to do what we want, to say and think what we want. It's the devil's voice that entices us to care less about doctrine and more about life. His is the voice that that tells us never to stop, never tells us no, never corrects us, never reproves us, never admonishes us, never exhorts us. It's a voice and his words that are by nature dear to our hearts, our hearts that were conceived in sin. So how does Satan use his voice? Certainly, He encourages people to lash out at their neighbor, to ruin their reputation, to speak ill, to despise their own parents, to rush headfirst into adultery. Of course, it's the devil who inspires people to abort their children, to give into drunkenness, to pick up weapons and destroy lives of others. Yes, the devil motivates all of these sins, but that's not his main goal. That's only killing the flesh. To him, that's child's play. What he's really after is doctrine. He's after the very words of God and the faith that you put in that word. When the devil hunts down the Christian, he doesn't aim for the foot or the leg or the arm. He aims straight for the heart. He aims for the word of God, the doctrine of Christ. He aims for the one thing that makes a Christian a Christian, which is the gospel. And his goal is unbelief. So discontent, murder, stealing, cheating, as bad as these all are, 
These are simply ways that he adorns unbelief. You can put it this way, that unbelief is the tree, and the gross sins are simply ornaments and decorations that are placed on that tree, or the fruit of that tree. So the devil's main task is to have you doubt the doctrine of God. And why is this? Why does he care so much about it? It's because doctrine saves. Listen to what St. Paul says. This is 1 Timothy 4. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Even more, what does St. John say? He says, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, not by doing, you may have life in his name. We are so slow to believe this. The truth is the devil isn't that foolish. We take doctrine for granted, but the devil doesn't. He knows that doctrine saves us better than we do. The devil knows better than we do that we're saved by grace through faith alone and not by our works. So this is precisely why he is constantly attacking our faith in the word. He doesn't throw it out altogether. He studies God's word day and night to learn how to tweak it, how to change it just right so that it starts to lead us astray little by little. And over time, we find ourselves completely opposed to the word of God. So question after question, doubt after doubt, he says, did God really say this? If he really is the son of God, and so forth. So little by little, he chips away at our faith in the word, and he muddies the clear proclamation and the pure word of God. The truth is that none of us are immune to the devil's temptations. The devil tempts us no matter where we are. Don't let your guard down simply because you're in a church that has the name Lutheran on it. Don't think that you're safe just because you see an LCMS logo on the sign. This doesn't scare the devil away. Don't think he'll leave you alone because you went to a Concordia or a Lutheran high school or school, or because you have credentials, or because your family happens to be Lutheran. Don't think that just because we have a Lutheran hymnal in the pews that you can let your guard down and follow it mindlessly simply because it has a stamp of synodical approval. Don't think that as long as you do what the synod or the district or the circuit recommends, then you're in the clear. Don't think that a school or church is simply Lutheran because it has a sign out front saying it is. Well, inside they teach whatever they want, adding, subtracting, omitting the word of God as they please. There are countless Lutheran churches in name, in the same synod, the same logo, who have abandoned the doctrine of Christ. In this very state, we're in the midst of them, and vastly outnumbered. Left and right, churches with the same logo practice open communion. And commune many to their own detriment. Above and below us, north and to the south, many oppose God's word, put women to read the lessons, to teach theology, to distribute the Lord's Supper. Hundreds ignore cohabitation and same-sex couples and never teach them the truth. 
All around church upon church claims to care about the word, yet they make their congregations sing hymns that contradict that very word and don't speak anything of it. They have the same hymnals and Bibles, but they follow a different voice. They have God's word, but then they take pop psychology and sociology and philosophy more seriously than it. And when this happens, they've fallen straight into the trap of the devil who wants them to care more about this life and to cast aside the very doctrine of God. And though it's this way with many, it shouldn't be this way with you. It shouldn't be this way here at Zion with you, dear Christians. You need to be on guard every day. Whenever you come to church, you should never just sit back and relax. You should be on the edge of your seat with the word of God in your hand, with your attention honed in on every word that is said in this sanctuary. You don't let a word go by without your catching it, without your grasping it. And when you catch it, you judge it. And you take every word and you examine it with scripture. Every Sunday you should come in here ready to scrutinize the sermon ready to squeeze out the meaning of every single word, to parse out the purpose, no matter which pastor comes in here to preach to you. You should be ready to accept either the whole sermon as true and faithful to God's word, or you should be on your toes, ready to reject it entirely. If you reject it, you should have a reason for doing so. You should have God's word on your side. You should have no tolerance for a wishy-washy, happy-clappy, half-truth, mostly good, but some bad, good enough type of sermon. And you should do this with every single hymn that we sing to, every single book, every single Bible study, every single pamphlet, every sentence that's uttered here in this church. You should be scrutinizing and judging to the Word of God. You should chew on all of the words that are said. Don't swallow them unless it agrees entirely with the Word of God. If it doesn't agree with the word, then don't let it agree with you. You throw it up and you spit it out. You take those words out of your mouth and you don't sing them or say them or listen to them ever again. And you should do this all because doctrine matters. Learn to care about the doctrine that the devil doesn't want you to care about. The one thing that the devil is trying to take away from you, that should be a red flag that you know this is a precious thing. The doctrine is the most important thing in this world. It saves you. Doctrine saves us. Doctrine is a word that means teaching. And it saves us not because it's something we invented. But it's because it's something that Christ has given to us. Doctrine saves because Christ has joined himself to his word and Christ saves So to get rid of the one is to get rid of the other. To get rid of the word of God is to get rid of Christ. When you despise the doctrine, the teaching of scripture, then you despise the one who spoke it, your dear Lord. But when you love doctrine, when you love that word which is spoken, the word that is poured upon your head, the word that is fed into your mouth, the word that is spoken into your ears, when you love that, then you love Christ. If you want to be his disciple, what do you do? You abide in his word. And there's no other way to be his disciple but this. 
This is what the Reformation was about, the Word of God. It wasn't just about some of the Word or most of the Word. It was about all of the Word. It was about clinging to each and every single word of Scripture, not yielding or compromising on any part of it for a second in public or in private. It was about not putting reason or logic or tradition or feelings or works or actions or motivations or intentions above the Word of God, but taking every thought captive and bowing to Scripture. It was about not adding, not subtracting even the dot of an I or the cross of a T. You leave it in place as he said it. Is means is. Saves means saves. Grace means grace. Alone means alone. And this is what the Reformation is still about. To be Lutheran means to cling to that word. It means, to, it means having your own mind changed in order that you might have the mind of Christ. It means setting aside your favorite hymns and learning to love what is faithful to God's word and singing it with all of your might. It means putting to death your own ego and loving the word of God more than you love yourself, even when it hurts to hear, even when it's inconvenient for your life, even when it doesn't make you feel good, even when you do not like it. Because what are good feelings and a little happiness in comparison to eternal life with Christ? You should be willing to sacrifice these things Being Lutheran means stubbornly refusing to change. Stubbornly refusing to change God's word. And it means joyfully and willingly changing yourself every day to be conformed to the image of his son. What the devil wants to take away so much is what Jesus has come here today to give to you. His word. And Christ has promised you that no matter how much the devil stutters and stammers and foams at the mouth when his word is purely preached, he cannot take it away. The word of the Lord endures forever. The devil knows that doctrine saves you and that's why he hates it. But Jesus gives you this doctrine here today. He went to the greatest length to teach you his word, to bring it to your very ears this moment. So place your every thought on what Jesus did to save you and all he did to tell you about it. Keep in mind that you don't live by bread alone, but by every single word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. That even as Jesus was pouring out the very blood in his veins to forgive every sin of yours and the sins of this world. Remember that Jesus spoke doctrine from the cross. Remember that he taught you things, even while dying. That he taught you with his dying breath all he needed to say to you to save you. When he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's teaching you. When he says, truly I say to you, you will be in paradise with me. He is teaching you. When he says, it is finished, he is teaching you. He has given you a doctrine that will never fade or falter. And it saves you. Remember that Jesus refuted the false doctrine of the devil by teaching you his forgiveness. By teaching you his salvation. And his unending and undying love for you. So don't fall for the cunning lies of the devil. He's a liar. And he has been since the beginning. Your works don't save you. Your decisions don't save you. Your effort doesn't save you. Christ saves you. This is not the doctrine of men, but the very doctrine of God. You're saved by grace through faith alone. So, 
If you have been duped by the devil a dozen times before, throw his lies back in his face and cling to the word of God. Repent of your sin and receive the forgiveness from the wounds of Christ. Cling to the word that Jesus died to give you. Don't let your feelings or ideas or sentiments get in the way of that word. The one thing you need the most, dear saints, is the one thing you now already have, his word, and that word endures forever. And as long as you have that word, you will too. So confess it with an intrepid heart. Speak it fearlessly in the face of kings and emperors, knowing that you will not be put to shame when the devil weighs you down and makes you feel like a slave to his lies. Turn to the son who sets you free. See that Christ has paid the price for your sin and see how much he loves you as his dear child. Abide in the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Hear the words of this Reformation hymn. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill. They shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. The word they still shall let remain, nor any thanks have for it. He's by our side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. And take they our life. Goods, fame, child, and wife. Let these all be gone. They yet have nothing won. The kingdom ours remaineth. Peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.